Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I asked producers, Irish food and drink producers, to get in touch with us here at the start of the programme today because I'm on day five of the Eating Irish Only Challenge and there's lots of people getting in contact with us. David is on the line in Leash. David, tell me, what are you brewing up? Well, Andrea, thanks very much for having me on. Mm. Yeah, we, um, we're a farm-based brewery, so I suppose the advantage of that is that we can use only Irish ingredients in one of our beers. We have a very special beer. Uh, we're going to pick our own hops uh, in about 10 days' time. We grow our own barley on the farm as well, and we're using our own well water. So it's a, it's a unique beer that all the ingredients coming from within 400 metres of the brewery, and we'll have that available in about uh, four to six weeks. Right. So 100%, this, everything in this can, once you pop it, it's 100% yeah. Irish. 100% Irish. Now, and again, Balcoe Cavan is the name of the farm and the name of the brewery. Um, and the reason, I suppose, the advantage that we have is that because we're based on a farm, I started off as a barley farmer, wanted to diversify the farm. So we opened up the, the brewery as a way of using our own malting barley um, and trying to get, get better value for it. So because we have the barley there already, we're using our own well water. We actually don't have a mains water supply, so we have to use our own well water. And then because uh, we wanted to do this beer that makes sure that we were using all our own ingredients in, in one of mm. our beers, we put in a small hop garden. Now, hops, we used to grow quite a lot of hops in Ireland, but the climate's not particularly suitable for okay. them. So we have, it's a relatively small garden, but it gives us enough hops every year to do this one batch. And we get some volunteers in. They help us pick the, uh, pick the hops and put them straight into the beer. And it's our fresh hop beer that we make every year. Give us the name of the brewery again, David. I just didn't catch it. Yeah, it's Ballykilcavan. So yeah, Bally we're just Kilcavan outside Brewery. Believe. Okay. So ballycavan.com if you're interested in the beer or our stockists are listed on there you'll be able to, to find them yeah. uh, later on in the year. Brilliant. And how like, do you find that there's much demand for 100% Irish beer, David? I think there is. I mean, I suppose because it's a special, it's a one-off, so um, it'll be sold out by Christmas time. So okay, kind of, the, you know, people who want to get it and they'll need because, as I say, the, the hops we have, it's only enough really to do that one batch. So once that's there and gone, that's it until that's the it. next year when we come back in for our hop So there's a again. uniqueness to it anyway. There's a, you know, there an exclusivity. And, and Exactly, absolutely. And it's one beer where we don't mind if it tastes a little bit different every year because the, the barley is the same, the water is the same, but the hops will be different. It yeah. just depends on the climate, depends on the summer okay. we've had and everything else. So stuff. Uh, we'd always say it's nice, but it just depends on, on which um, end of the flavour profile it's going to yeah, go Yeah, well, for. if there's a beer drinker in, in, your, in your life um, that would appreciate something a little bit exclusive, I'm sure it makes for a nice present, no doubt about it. Michael is on the line as well, David. Michael is in um, Ballymahan in Longford. Um, you supply your own restaurant and takeaway, Michael. Hi, Andrea. Yes, we do indeed. Um, I'm good, thank you. Um, so myself and two friends, we set up Jolly Boys Pizza and Grill in late 2020. We have two locations in Athlone and in Ballyman. I suppose what makes us unusual is that all our beef for our burgers and toppings comes from our own family farm, which is just two kilometres from Ballyman. <clears throat> um, the cattle are all grass-fed, so there's no imported grains or soya from South America, which is where they typically come from. And uh, then we do collect spent barley once a week from our friends in a local brewery, White Street, uh, to feed the cattle so that the barley doesn't go to waste. Mm. Um, so the cattle are reared, processed, and, and processed uh, no further than 20 miles from either location. So uh, the food miles are very low for in comparison to a normal uh, beef burger. Yeah. And how, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, putting the menu together, um, then you're using solely product from, from your own farm in the restaurant, Michael? Yeah, well, just for the beef, obviously. But yeah, uh, yeah we, we do try and use everything as, as Irish as we can. No, it, is, it is tricky, but 
100% of the beef is, you know, within, you know, two kilometres of the Barryman location and 10 kilometres of the Athlone location. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you find trying to source um, Irish product for the restaurant? How difficult is that? Um, well, like, look, we, we are a food island, so we are lucky. You know, we we do use uh, local producers as best we can. So we have Heritage in Longford and uh, Carthys in Athlone for our pork products. And we have, obviously, the beef from ourselves. Um, and then in the Ballyman location, we use local breweries uh, as best we can so like it's it's not it's not simple but it can be done if you if you uh if you look around yeah and do you find the customers look for it is there demand uh, more and more yeah well i mean you do have uh people who are sources you know trying to source food a bit more conscientiously as regards uh food miles and things like that and local projects so yeah i mean it is it is the way forward for sure and we are trying to kind of get ahead of that by having Menus, menu items to reflect yeah, that. Great stuff. It, it, Jolly Boys, is that? That's the name of the Jolly the Boys away. Pizza and Grill, yeah. So you can get us on Instagram or Facebook or jollyboys.ie. So yeah. yeah. Well, fantastic. Listen, thanks a million, Michael and David as well there in Leash for uh, for getting in touch with us in the programme. If you're in the business of producing solely Irish food and you want to join in the conversation today because we just want to talk to Irish producers and I want to hear from people who are trying to take part in the uh, 30-day local food challenge. If you're eating just Irish this week, like me, or maybe you're a little bit more serious about it, like Ellie, and you're doing it for the entire month of September. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. I was asking you a little earlier here in the programme, though, to get in touch if you're taking part in our eating. Irish challenge. Um, I've been doing it for the past five days and Evie is with me on the line in Limerick. Evie, you've been taking part in the uh, the Irish challenge too. Yeah, well, I suppose um, in my family we were kind of brought up on a top floor, so we kind of take it as second nature to be eating with the seasons always. But I think September is such a gorgeous month for Irish produce, so I think it's so lovely for everyone to be kind of getting together for this. And I think especially... Uh, you know, when you're waiting for all the lovely vegetables to come in, you know, you have your, your squash and we're kind of seeing the end of the tomatoes now. It's a lovely way just to kind of reconnect. What do you find or do you find it hard to get your hands on certain products? Look, I think as we approach anything with food, I think everything can be very overwhelming and I think everyone is always kind of doing their best. But I really, I really kind of think it's better to kind of tip away at something consistently, consciously and just do your best instead of just striving for perfection with everything. Mm. So I think if everyone, I mean, for me, I think even if you're a busy person, if it just means knocking into your local independent shop on a Friday to see what's there and to get what's after coming in, I think that's, that's a pretty good stab at things. Do you find, do you find it cost prohibitive? I think like when you're buying in season, I think when you're, when you're buying off an independent shop, it's always a little bit harder for them to make money than the bigger shops. But I think when you're buying in season, often you have a farmer with a gloss or I think often when you're buying things that didn't have really high air miles, I think it is a little bit easier to be economical. Yeah. Is there much awareness, um, in your opinion, Evie, around, you know, like the food that we buy and, and the origin of what's on our plates or do people care? I think I have a food business myself and I think what we saw a huge amount during the pandemic was people reconnecting with how they eat and we always think that we have a massive food culture in Ireland and we do but I think with people spending that time at home with loads of time and loads of creativity and loads of ambition and I think everyone got really, really, really back into their food, where it's coming from, how they're using it, 
you know, people are getting really creative. I think people are seeing items they never would have thought of cooking. Like we're looking, you know, when everyone started making loads of sourdough. And I, I yeah. think I think as everyone's gone back to normal, they have learned a lot and they have kind of found like, I guess not found, reignited a passion for it. Ruth is with us as well, Evie, on the line. Ruth is from um, Farmer Time. You might actually just tell us, what is Farmer Time, first of all, Ruth? Thanks, Andrea. It's a schools programme that is linking farmers across Ireland with schools that apply to be part of the programme. And what we're doing is we're reconnecting, we're rebuilding, I suppose, the connection between food and farming um, by having farmers use the mediums of virtual calls, be it Zoom teams, whatever they choose to use, twice a month. They are calling directly into their paired teacher and interacting in the classroom from primary school right up to the end of secondary um, around what it takes to run a farm, how food is produced and creating an impact in the classroom that really evolves into an understanding of our food in Ireland and how it's grown and produced. And and how many schools, Ruth, are you? We're now in our second full year. So last year was our first full academic year. We paired 53 schools, which amounted to, it was nearly 1,300 children. Um, And this year, the number of schools that registered has doubled. That's how interested teachers and and, and children are in this. Yeah, it's it's really been impactful and we're delighted with how it's grown and spread. So this is about learning, you know, where the product and the plate, you know, the the fruit or the the veg and the meat and, and where it's come from and the process that it's gone through. Yeah, I suppose it's twofold, really. I mean, some teachers take it on board across primary school to help um, the sort of a broad learning opportunity around food and around farming, because there is a disconnect that um, families in the education system are aware of now. If you think back, I suppose, to your old, old school days, to personally my own school days, yeah. around Christmas and summertime, you would have had a high percentage of your classmates heading off to somebody who lived in a farm, be their cousins or a mum or a dad had um, come from somewhere else. Nowadays, the number of children directly connected to farming um, has reduced. And at the secondary school level, we have a a large number of students who are taking ag science in transition year or starting it in fifth year as a leaving subject because they're now taking it as a second science subject for the leaving. But they may not have any connection to farming at all. Mm. And so for them to be able to tap in to a farmer who is literally an expert in his or her field and they're able to... um, harness the knowledge that, that farmer has and incorporate it into their curriculum learning yeah. but also by osmosis across the academic year okay. they're learning about what it takes to work with the seasons to produce food seasonally mm-hmm. um, exactly Pat Rigney as well Ruth who's the founder of the Shed Distillery in Leitrim is on the line of course you'll know Pat from uh, the famous a uh, drum shambo gunpowder Irish gin Pat I was actually up in the distillery there back in February for the first time of this year um, do you notice much demand now for Irish based beverages has it increased well, <clears throat> thank you very much and great to be on the show Andrea um, well yeah I mean we can only speak for ourselves and drum shambo gunpowder Irish gin is you know, it's there. There is increased demand here in Ireland and and internationally, and I think a lot of that is down to the fact that we distill everything at the shed. We've got a wonderful team there, um, and uh, you know, I think consumers want to look under the bonnet to see what the ingredients are, who's behind the brand, is it a family business, is it authentic, and that's something that we certainly try to bring to the table, not just in Ireland but right across the world. We're in eighty countries at the moment. Um, we started with one employee back in 2014 and 
and we have 80 employees now at the distillery, yeah. including the visitors' experience. So we've come quite a long way, and we've we've a long way to go. And just just a shout out for all of the team um, who have done extraordinary work in represent really find the the green jersey not just in Ireland but internationally mm. as well, and yeah. taking the brand to it, so many countries. Is it difficult though in the production of gin, um, given that I suppose a lot of the the botanicals would typically not be Irish based? Like, is that a challenge? Well, I think it's part of the magic. I mean, what we're doing is we're combining the best of, of Ireland. So, for example, we've Meadowsweet as one of the botanicals here, but also with some some exotic botanicals from overseas, such as gunpowder tea. So I think it's it's bringing them all together. And um, I think that's why people are excited about the brand. We, you know, we, we have fresh citrus. We don't grow citrus here. And you, in, in order to make a great gin, you, you know, we, we only use fresh citrus. So... I think it's it's bringing the combination together. I think it's also the way we do it. Um, and we are competing with, you know, the best gins in the world. And, mm. and we're really, you know, so we, we are we are positioned in, in that way. And and, um, and that's how we go about it. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's fascinating to see the uh, Drumshambo Leitrim brand whenever you're abroad or, you know, when you're, you're away in holidays. And it's certainly great to see the demand for it as well. Um, internationally, Pat Rigney from uh, the Shed Distillery, uh, Ruth as well, and Evie, thanks a million for joining us here on Lunchtime Live today. Look, if you're taking part in the Eating Irish Challenge, please give us a call today. Or if you're a producer too, 53106 is the number. I am going to be talking, though, to the chef next, who cooks with only Irish ingredients. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. And you're listening to Lunchtime Live 53106 as always if you want to get in touch with the programme. Well, I have had the best week learning all about Irish food and it's been quite the journey uh, not without its its difficulties from uh, time to time as well but I've tried some absolutely incredible homegrown produce Um, I have gone hungry um, as well a few times probably no harm when I didn't plan properly so look it's been a bit of a learning curve Although the one thing that I have not managed to do this week is eat out. Um, and it, I think it seems quite impossible to guarantee that every single ingredient that's going to be used in the meal when you go out is 100% Irish. So that has been a little bit tricky about it. But I'm delighted today to say that we're joined in studio by the head chef at Amsher Restaurant, Jordan Bailey. And of course, Amsher is located at the, uh, the Cliff at Lyons in Salbridge in County Kildare. Jordan, good afternoon. Thanks Thank for coming you for in. Me. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you use... Every single thing in the res- in the restaurant is Irish. It is indeed, yeah. I think you know the only thing that or the ingredient that we don't uh, use is Irish uh, is sugar. Um, okay. The reason for that, like there was a sugar beet industry here in Ireland um, up until about a decade ago. Um, so if that came back again, it would be one hundred percent. But sugar is just a, such a hard thing to kind of substitute out. Of course, we use honey wherever and bees. Um, but with sugar, it's yeah, it's it's a hard one not to use. Mm. So not so ninety nine point nine percent of the ingredients yeah, in the it's kitchen. Very of frustrating, right? Are you the only? You must be one of the few restaurants in the country, though. That yeah, obviously there's you know a lot of restaurants do promote using Irish um, ingredients, and obviously kind of the main things like the fish and the meats and mm. um, some veggies. Um, but most of them would stop there. Um, of course, every little helps, you know, um, and it's definitely a lot more people have definitely kind of jumped onto that movement, which is fantastic. Um, you know, it gives people like me a lot more options. You know, if a lot more farmers are growing a lot more diverse products, mm. uh, ingredients. Um, but yeah, I think we are the only one that takes it 
that far. Okay. Why did you decide at the restaurant that this is going to be our unique selling point? We're going to just use 99.9% of Irish products. How did, why did you decide that? Yeah. So for me, um, it was to give the restaurant an identity, you know, a proper DNA that we can follow. Um, you know, real rigid set rules um, to kind of really, yeah, make us different from the rest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, but it also forces me to be a lot more creative. You know, it's obviously it's a lot harder to do what we do. Um, you know, you, you got to think about it um, a lot more, um, especially, mm. you know, because you can't just reach for a lemon or chocolate or olive so oil. So what do you like do that. in the event of like, like when I think of the amount of, things and times and even this week myself like I'm obviously not anywhere near your level but like what what do you do how do you replace and substitute the lemon and the lime yeah um to be honest there's quite a few ways that we do it um I brought some with me today what have you got um, there so in the tubs? Yeah, we're obviously just trying to extract different kind of uh, acidity. So we can do that through many different means. Um, so we've got a few different pots here in front of me. Um, so one of them we use is kind of unripe um, fruits. So they're very, very acidic at that stage. So the things that we use is kind of like a green gooseberry um, or a green strawberry. Um, so we would just juice them. So we grow a lot of these on, our, on the property. Um, and then that can almost be used as direct lemon juice. Um, so you can taste can a little bit there. A... Yeah, it's very, it's so... very strong um, and very acidic. Like that, you could use directly as lemon. Obviously, it's not going to give exactly the same flavour as lemon, but it will do... It's close enough. It's close enough. For sure, yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Um, other bits and pieces that we use, you know, we use a lot of kombucha and stuff in the restaurant okay. that we make ourselves, like it's a sweetened fermented tea. Um, but if we want something to go a bit more acidic we just leave it a little bit longer so the fermentation process goes further and that'll essentially turn it into a vinegar um so are, are you going to ask me to drink vinegar live on area um so <laughs> we kind of use ones that are a lot more kind of floral like that one's a lemon verbena um so it's in the name it's naturally gonna be a bit more lemony not unlike a little bit of elderflower or something yeah, is it exactly yeah. yeah it definitely has those kind of floral notes um, and then other things that we do is a lot of kind of pickling. So to kind of utilize everything that we have on the property that we're growing um, and also to kind of, you know, store stuff for winter and also to add acidity through different bits and pieces in, in the dish. Mm. Um, yeah, we would pickle. Um, so I've got some pickled green strawberries here. Pickled um, green strawberries, yeah, right? So that's wow. kind of, yeah, tacking it from both ends. So you've got the pickliness there. Okay, let's try this. And acidity and also the greenness of the strawberry. Look at it. Um, but then fresh in season is our delicious. Oh, just, wow. just raw. <laughs> yeah. Strong. Yeah, it certainly yeah. is. <laughs> we wouldn't be eating it like that now in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I'll order this for dessert. But uh... <laughs> And then the last one is uh, vinegars, obviously. Mm. So, you know, a lot, of, like, a lot of these vinegars, you, you know, you can grab off the shelf now, which is great. You know, there's a, an amazing one that we use in the restaurant or a company that we use, which is Irish, based over um, on the West Coast, uh, called Wildwood Vinegars. Oh, they were recommended, actually, by listeners yeah, during the incredible. week. Yeah, they're incredible. They've maybe got 15, 20 different vinegars, all very, very different mm. um all made here in ireland and all used mainly using kind of forage ingredients okay um so i've got a water mint and lemon balsamic there water mint water mint mint and lemon balsamic so it's, again it's a lemon kind of verbena base oh that's really nice yeah so like for breads or something for dipping into yeah exactly you can do that yeah Wow, there's a kick to that too. Yeah. So there was there's substitutes out there. Yeah. Clearly, I didn't know this yes. on Monday. Um, but does I mean, how do you does it make it more expensive from the production? 
Um, does it make it more expensive? Yeah, well, lemons are pretty cheap. You know, to do all that in front of you there takes a lot of time. You know, okay. like the kombucha itself takes probably about a month to get to that stage. Um, obviously, growing all the stuff around property, is it cheap? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously storing it and then actually making it with the pickles and stuff. And even get it, getting people to pick strawberries when they're green is very tough. Okay. That's why we now grow them ourselves. Um, you know, we, we linked up with a few different producers. Most people think you're crazy. Um, but you know, once they've tasted it and understand what, why we're trying to do it, yeah. you know, they quickly jump on board. Um, one of the things that I want to ask you about if sugar, if there's no, if, 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 well, I suppose in the absence of having sugar, like mm-hmm. how do you do desserts? Are there just no desserts then at Amsher? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, of course we have desserts, yeah. Um, well, I'm always very happy with yeah, the cheese no, board anyway. So Yeah, well, we have a cheese course as well. Um, but um, no, like we would use sugar, like I mentioned. Um, but, you know, there's also other things that we use, you know, like honey from our own bees. Um, you know, and there's obviously different ways you can get sweetness and different ways, um, obviously through fruits and things that we can use. Um, you know, but our, a lot of our desserts are actually around, based around kind of savoury ingredients. Um, okay. We kind of play I with that. I love savoury. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely many because I don't really have too much of a sweet tooth myself. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of catering for myself. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way to do it. <laughs> One of the things I found is a, a huge challenge this week, um, sauces and dressings and like, you know, even if I wanted to make dinner for people now on Sunday, which because I'm going to keep the eating Irish challenge up till till Sunday, so I've promised to make a Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. But like, it's even just to do kind of sauce for meats or gravies or like, how do you do that in the absence of having, well, well, just even to use Irish product? Yeah, well, I suppose yeah. In terms of that, you know, um, I think that's fairly easy. Obviously, you know, our skill sets may be slightly different. <laughs> There's a big um, difference on, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I would expect most people know how to make a, you know, a, a very basic gravy. You know, so if you're doing meats and things like that, obviously cream is, you know, you know, we pride ourselves All on dairy stuff, here. Yeah. So, cream, you know, butter. obviously cream-based sauces are very, very easy to, and quick to knock up. Um, and even butter-based sauces, you know, if you're doing some sort of like, you know, like a beurre blanc or, um, you know, where you kind of brown the butter, so it's kind of like a burn was that. Can you um, give me a few ingredients now that I can make something on Sunday? I'm asking you now, I know for the recipe off the top of your head. But. Yeah, like, yeah, forget a recipe. I think, you know, kind of go to your yeah local market or where you can, yeah, you can pick a load of kind of Irish stuff. Um, so yeah, so just try and get some nice seasonal vegetables. Um, you know, a nice piece of Irish fish. Mm. Um, like mackerel is really, really good now. Um, and then, yeah, just pair it very, very simply with a simple sauce. Like, for example, you know, if, you, if you're taking that butter, you know, kind of brown it off and then finish it with, yeah, maybe some of, if you have your own little pickles and vinegars, yeah. um, lots of kind of herbs and things through it. Um, yeah, it's very delicious. Yeah. Um, that was, that's the part I found quite challenging this week. I suppose it's buying the pre-produced pre-made yeah. um, you know and that's probably what I mean we're not we're not a chef restaurant level but I think for people at home to maybe do this or over the mm-hmm. weekend I find that to be quite challenging and I know from people getting in touch with us here on the text line that was certainly one of the difficulties of the hurdles that they found so the farmers markets perhaps or, well, it's, maybe it's making it yourself is it is that the way to get well, around that's it that's the thing yeah obviously I wouldn't have you know, obviously we don't buy anything in like that in the restaurant yeah. so I wouldn't necessarily be clued up too much on that and what people are producing um, obviously we buy it in, in raw and we, obviously yeah, we make it ourselves I think the easiest the advice I would, would give is just keep it simple you know just 
choose your main ingredients of being Irish and then, yeah, just pair it with something very, very simple. Um, so you're using perhaps it, yeah. Irish, you're using flour and stuff, I assume, then too, and yeah. sauces or... Yeah. Because corn flour was the issue I had. I was talking about it a little to make earlier. It thick. Yeah. Yeah, just reduce it down further. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah, I'm new to the yeah. cooking, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, do you find there's much demand from consumers, Jordan? People are going, like, do people go to the restaurant on the basis that your offering is pretty much all Irish? Is that part of the attraction? Uh, to be honest, I've never asked. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think obviously once everyone um, has kind of made the journey through the menu, all the chefs are coming down explaining, you know, a lot of Irish people feel very proud you know, mm. and it's uh, they feel very connected to the food because we are only using Irish produce, and it's kind of naturally have that connection with maybe something they had during childhood. Um, and we've even had a lot of people bring, you know, if you've got family from overseas or friends from overseas from America or wherever, you know, they've brought them to us to kind of instead of making a whole food trip around the whole of Ireland, they bring it, they bring um, their family members to us, and we take them on that trip within the restaurant. Okay, fantastic. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and uh, to, to hear what it is that you do at Amshire. So thanks a million, Jordan, for joining us. Yeah, for coming into us here on uh, the programme today. Jordan Bailey there, who's the head chef at Amshire Restaurant, of course, located at the Cliff at Lyons in Selbridge in County Kildare. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.